Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and today from the Brainwaves team we have the wonderful Susie here to interview Lily Jiang. But before I hand you over to Susie, I'd just like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land in which I am coming to you from today land where we here tell our stories and land where stories has been told by the traditional owners for many years before us. I'd also like to acknowledge the mental health challenges and the suffering caused by colonisation and pledge my commitment to working together for change. We would also like to pay our respects to the Elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening in today. Thank you, Kaylin. My name is Susie and today I will be chatting to celebrity chef Lily Jiang. Lily is a huge foodie, as one would expect of a talented chef. She has appeared on numerous cooking shows and is a regular at many festivals. Lily does an enormous amount of volunteer work, and I was fortunate to help her and her team provide thousands of meals to the Dandenong Rangers community following the devastating storms in June. Boy, can Lily cook. Lily was recently awarded the Paul Harris Fellow Award by the Rotary Club of Maroondah in recognition of her tireless community service. Today we will largely be chatting to Lily about the work she does for the National Disability Insurance Scheme or NDIS. This is time to coincide with International Day of People with a Disability on 3rd of December. Hello Lily and welcome to Brainwaves. Hi Susie, how are you? Thanks for having me on on board. I'm excited. It's great to have you on, Lily, and I know you've been busy cooking today. How many meals did you cook for the Chinese Association today? We we did a, a total of 428 meals. Wow. Lily, I understand that you teach at the Basin Community House. What does that involve and what is the demographic of your students? So the Basin Community House, um, we do uh, classes every Monday uh, and it's back, it's basically called Back to Basics Cooking. Uh, from back to basics cooking, we're now basically traveling around the world in the kitchen, yes. cooking, uh, different uh, cuisines, and I let the students decide what uh, you know which country they want to go to on a weekly basis. We do about three uh, three different dishes in two hours, and um, and basically it's um, retire retirees. Uh, we've got some single mums. And uh, various people, uh, some people with disability coming in uh, as well uh, to Zooming in with us at the moment. We're, zo- we're doing Zoom classes because of the COVID situation. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so just anybody and everybody, it's open to the, you know, anybody wanting to join in. Yeah. And, um, it's all about socialising, just connecting and, and uh, having fun. Yeah. And do you have a lot of people? Like when your classes are running as classes, 
do you have a lot of people in different groups come in? Uh, so we, because we only run the class every Monday, uh, we can only take um, the kitchen. Uh, the capacity we can we can take is about ten people in the in the actual kitchen. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And you, I know you've got your own business, the Food Affectionist, and are you still doing classes with that? Yeah, so I do. So I'm running, um, I'm working on a daily basis now doing about two classes a day. So I teach NDIS participants to cook, yes. mainly to uh, upskill them and empower them with, with life skills. Uh, and I do that in their own kitchen. So, yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Really good. Yeah, so I've seen some of the things you've put up on social media and I've, some of the kitchens look like professional kitchens. So maybe I've got mixed up there. Yeah, so you go into the home and that's wonderful, yeah. So um, it's just amazing how, um, you know, people with this different, they're, all the, they're people with different uh, disabilities, but the food is basically what they thrive on. And, you know, when, when we're actually in the kitchen cooking together, they, they get so excited, you know, it's just amazing how uh, you forget that there's a disability altogether. Yes. And you work with them as a chef or as a, uh, a, a real cook, you know, life, with life experience because it's just um, they get so excited about their chopping and the cutting and all that. It's just so fun, so much fun. Yeah. And they're able to afterwards um, reenact what they've done at, at times or? Absolutely. So we normally do, uh, repeat a recipe a few times. Yes. They get the... Um, through repetition, they remember how it's done. Mm. And, yes, and they, they go away and do their own. It's yeah, good. that's fabulous. Um, just as a matter of interest, what else do you do? What else do I do? So I do a lot of events um, uh, with various councils. So it's basically to do with cooking. Um, also, I do a lot of uh, community uh, charity work, fundraisers for different organisations. And I do a lot of... Um, uh, classes as well. I run classes for different uh, clubs and all that as well. Yeah. yeah. I know that my, my husband went to an Indo Indonesian cooking class of yours when we first met many years ago. Yes, yeah. He, right. Unfortunately, yeah, I haven't had a repeat of the meal. <laughs> um, he went with some friends. Yeah. Um, but the food was delicious. Absolutely. Yes. Um, what can you tell us about the NDIS and how do people become eligible for, you know, to be, uh, to benefit from the NDIS or in particular in your area where you're teaching home skills? So uh, NDIS is basically, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's the National Disability Insurance Scheme. And it's basically, um, it's there to provide funding uh, for support and services to help people with uh, disabilities. So we're talking about permanent disabilities Yes, the uh, physical or intellectual, and it's basically uh, the support is there to help them uh, with their daily life, uh, daily life uh, living skills, um, to help them participate in the real um, in the real world. Yes, to to be fully engaged in society. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, and and uh, so they get different types of support. Through whether you know they want they, if they want to do, uh, for example, learn to cook, or whether they want to learn uh, to play guitar, uh, so that you know it's it's there now to for them to do it. Whereas previously that support was not there, 
Yes. And so, um, it's, it's had an impact. The NDIS is actually doing a lot of good for, for the um, people with disabilities. Yeah. It's also, I expect, improving mental health as well, because in the past you might have been able to get someone to come and do your cleaning, but to have, you know, guitar lessons and cooking lessons and things like that, that actually really does enhance your life, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You've just you've covered briefly what your work uh, involves. Um, so when someone comes to you, do you do an assessment, or people just can just book? So uh, what happened is um, all my work um, um, basically it's all through referrals. Yes. So, um, I started with one client in 2019, and from that one client, my business just grew from that referral from that one client. That the parents start referring, and their coordinator starts referring. And so now, um, and so I, I'm very lucky in the sense that I don't have to choose and pick my clients because all the referrals come to me. They are all kind of connected to other clients. Yes. So you know that they all uh, work together, uh, whether it be work, they're working together or socialising together. Mm. And so, yeah, so I, it's just really lovely to have this, working with this group of people who know each other. Yes, and I know that there's a very big multicultural aspect to the work that you do so i um uh, i think that all the multicultural aspect of things is relates to all my work in the community uh, through festivals and all that yes so, uh with uh with the uh, flavors of the world etc all the all the festival work uh working with different communities cooking different cuisines on stage that's actually so i've been very lucky to be able to be to work in that community with different uh, nationalities. Yeah. And have you actually seen um, change in the individuals that you're teaching? Um, can you give us an example without going into any detail, but just a generalised example? Oh, amazing, amazing uh, transformation. I've had, um, you know, feedback from parents where one particular client, um, he couldn't and couldn't cook for himself. And then recently they went on a camping trip. He actually went, helped his mum cut up all the vegetables and to, to, you know, to, for stir frying. And another client had an auntie who just dropped in to visit and he actually offered to cook the auntie a meal. So just as that sort of, you know, uh, uh, feedback you hear, it's so rewarding. Yeah. Uh, and then I have another client now. He's going to be more famous than me. He's launching his own YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just so, yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, amazing. And this is all through, obviously, uh, the work, the NDIS support that they're getting and through their co the coordinators uh, connecting with the different services to help them get through, um, you know, the skill set for life. Yeah. And so obviously you're seeing people grow in confidence and esteem and um, just yes. feeling empowered. Absolutely. It's yeah. amazing. Yes. Um, there, there are many types of disabilities, Lily, and each one can affect people in different ways, as you know. Are you able to support all disabilities with the work that you do, or is there a specific area that you support? Uh, I do. So I work with uh, clients with different, different disabilities. So I've got uh, clients who's got uh, autism, Down syndrome, and I've got clients with physical disabilities, you know, where they can only operate with one arm. Um, so I've got, a, I'm always ahead of what I can do to support them, what equipments that we use, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, to, to cut or to cook, 
So I'm always, uh, yeah, my brain's always operating and working out how we can do things. So I take the, the hat, all the hard work out of the, the cooking to make it more fun and enjoyable for them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, just from your personal experience with all the people that you support, what are some of the barriers that prevent the world from being more inclusive and accessible for people with a disability that you've noticed? Um, I think um, what 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 we are what we are not recognizing is that people with disability people with disabilities they are also human beings as well. You know, and I feel that they're not given an opportunity to, to be part and parcel of our community. And what we need to do more, I think, is to promote social inclusion. I agree. And, you know, to basically involve um, people with disabilities in what we do on a daily basis. And I, I can say for as an example, I have three of my NDIS students working with me to do a fundraiser for the homeless. And after the events, they felt so good about themselves. Mm. You know, it's like they did something to help someone else. And that's what we need to promote more of. Yes, so that they're included in um, every aspect of normal so social life. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. There's actually like 4.3 million Australians apparently living with these type of barriers. What needs to change? Can you see a way forward? Um, just to, as an example, in 2007, I think it was the United Nations had a, a huge, they developed policies and acts um, around in, increased inclusivity and things like that. Um, but not all countries have moved forward. A lot has been said and we have come some distance, but there's such a long way to go. What, what, what do you see? Well, I think I think the, the we need to bring more awareness, and I think that there's a lot of campaigns happening now. You can see that on television as well. But I think uh, not just television, but councils themselves, schools, and all that. We all need to be uh, actively pushing this forward in order to support the you know the people with disabilities. And I think uh, the more we do as a, a, a collective, uh, and when, when I say that, I mean you know in. The, in community centres where uh, we, and I, I believe a lot of the community centres are doing that as well, but across councils, you know, um, in, in schools, everywhere, you know, yeah. we, we need to basically promote uh, that, that we, they are all human beings and we need to give them the opportunity to participate in everything we do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if someone is listening in today and they feel passionate about advocating for people with a disability or even just volunteering in their community to, to help others, how might they get involved? I think SCOPE is a not-for-profit organisation, SCOPE. Yes. support thousands of people with disabilities and I think that is the start. Yes. Getting to SCOPE. Yeah. And, uh, yes, they, um, and they have volunteers working with people and taking out uh, taking them out for events, etc. Yes, that's a way to start. Um, yeah, so inclusivity. So you're saying basically we need to in increase awareness overall in the community of the challenges that people with varying disabilities face just in everyday life, and we need to reconfigure our thinking to enable them to participate fully. Um, 
So the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability received its first signatures apparently in 2007, and apparently it was the highest number of um, signatures on any document like that. Um, it's been called one of the last great acts of recognition for minorities previously ignored. Yeah, so there's a, a I just recently read an article in The Guardian by a chap called Jan Gru, who's in Norway, and he's a person with a disability, and he's, the article's called The High Cost of Living in a Disabling World, and it's actually quite interesting. And he says that the United Nations Convention um, that I was just talking about basically is utopian. It's quite an interesting article. It's a very long read. Um, but he looks at how just even small things can be very disabling insofar as you, it reduces your access um, to normal structures of society. And he particularly talks about trying to get into his child's kindergarten and not being able to reach to open the gate and things, things like that. It's actually an interesting article. You're a really inspirational person, Lily. I know that because I've worked with you. And I just want to know who inspires you. Well, my grandmother, um, I started, uh, my grandmother, she was, um, she was an angel. She was always there helping someone, uh, maybe a neighbour, maybe it'd be someone giving birth or maybe it be someone who's had someone passed away. My grandmother was always there and I always tagged along as a little child. So if someone back in, uh, back in Vietnam, if someone passed away, they would have the ceremony at home and I would tag along my grandmother, grandma would rub. Um, tiger bum all over me so that the mosquitoes don't attack me and she'll put me in a little corner and she said to me she'll say to me go and go, go to sleep grandma's got a lot to do or if someone's you know just given birth to I would take along and grandma would say just sit there you know read your book or whatever grandma's got something to do so from that from a very young age um, I kind of uh, follow my grandmother's footstep and um, she was always giving she gave and gave and gave until she passed away. And that's just, just uh, you know, amazing. And uh, she was always happy. And did it, she make it to a good age? Yes, my grandmother passed away when she was 96. That's amazing because she was active and engaged. That's connected with longevity. So. Yes, that's right. But, you know, the thing was she was not uh, uh, rich in assets or anything else, but she was always so happy, such a happy person. And uh, that's what I want to be, just be happy. Yeah, that's great. Well, you certainly seem happy. Um, and I've never met anyone busier, that's for sure. How can our listeners contact you, Lily? Um, okay, so if they can uh, Google me, The Food Affectionist, or they can look me up on Facebook, The Food Affectionist. And, um, yeah, so that's um, – I'm very active on Facebook. Uh, I don't have much time to update my, the, my website, it's because I just don't have time to do anything else apart from just cooking, cooking and cooking. Yes. So, yeah, so reach out to me um, and have a look at what, what we're doing on, on Facebook. Um, on Facebook, The Food Affectionist, or I do a bit of work on Instagram as well, whenever I can. And that's under The Food Affectionist as well. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And just before we do go, is there anything else at all that you want to talk to our listeners about? Um, I think um, at the moment, yes. Um, so I've just, um, I've been doing this community meals thing for uh, the vulnerable community members. 
in, in um, and uh, we are now doing up to, well, we mentioned that at the start, uh, up to about 400 meals. If anybody would like to volunteer, perhaps get in touch. Uh, and we cook every Thursday uh, from 9.30 to 4.30. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for sponsors. Uh, I was uh, funding this project by myself, self-funding it, but now we've got a bit of council funding coming through until at the end of December. We've got uh, various um, food agencies donating raw food material to us so that we can turn them into meals. So we're looking for anybody who's willing to help to get in touch. Okay, and which suburb is that in? So we are cooking in, um, at the Chinese Association of Victoria, and that's um, in Winterna, in Winterna. Uh, I'm currently looking for a slightly bigger uh, kitchen so that we've got uh, storage base for, to, for food. We, at the moment, say for example, uh, even today we cooked 428 meals. We didn't have enough storage space to, to store, store them all. So I had to bring some of those meals back home and then I have to get some of the agencies to come and collect them. So we're looking for a kitchen, slightly bigger kitchen, so that we could cook more meals and pop them in, in there. Yeah, well, I certainly hope that anyone who knows of one is able to make contact with you via the food affectionist, Lily. Um, look, Lily, it's been terrific having you on the show today. Your enormous energy and generosity with your time is a great credit to you. It's, it's so important for all of society to get behind people with a disability, as you said, and increasing awareness and getting engaged and involved wherever you can would certainly make a big difference. And I'm very, I'm sure a lot of people are very grateful for the work that you do with all your, your the skills that you're teaching people for use in everyday life. Um, so thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me as well. It's fun. A big thank you to Lily uh, for coming on the show today and sharing her um, insight and inspiration uh, with our listeners. I'd also like to thank Susie for organising today's show. Um, you can find more of our shows on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au or on Spotify or wherever you happen to um, download your 3CR podcast. If you happen to have a story that you'd like to share with us or if you'd like to send us some feedback or maybe even some suggestions for future shows, please email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, please stay safe and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.